0: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the
1: inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. I'm Ian Crowell, and I'm joined by Connor O'Neill, and it is the Agenda Podcast backed by Popular Demands. You
0: know alright, Connor? Not, a lot best after Saturday, put it this way. Yeah. A lot, lot better.
1: Pretty much, pretty much a uh, really, really good result, wasn't it? And uh, like, not, not really expected whatsoever.
0: No, I think. We all hoped that we'd get a new manager bounce and we'd, we'd show some sort of passion, a bit of fighting, you know, a bit of pride back in the shirt. But uh, what we got was 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 much much more, and you know, most importantly, out of, out of all that, we picked up three points, which was massive because it shot us right up the table. Uh, and it results elsewhere, kind of going our way, we, we all of us were looking at a much healthier position than what we, we did on Saturday morning. And so, yeah, it was it was massive and it was, it was a real good. Day, I think, to be an Evertonian. I think there's not been many of them over the past not just this season but the past couple of years. You know, Goodison was kind of back to its fortress best. You know, the, the fans were right up for it, the players were certainly up for it. And you know, it's been a long time I think since Evertonians left Goodison Park, were a spring in the step like they probably did on, on Saturday. And you know, the, the the task now is to make that type of performance the norm, not the ex- exception. And we've, we've got a bottle of what we did on, on Saturday, um, again. For Man United on Sunday and do exactly the same because, you know, like we've all alluded to for for, for long periods now, the fixed list is pretty daunting and pretty looming and I think ultimately, you know, we need to pick points up, you know, Chelsea's a starting block but we need to pick more points up than than just one we need to start, you know, Sunday at Man United.
1: Absolutely. Um, Well, as mentioned, there's the Agenda podcast. You, the fans, send in the questions. You, the fans, set the agenda and we will answer to the best of our knowledge and to the best of our ability. Um, So we will get right to it. Questions submitted via various social channels. And the first one from Gareth Riley. I'll hit you with a, Connor. Gareth asks or says, I understand it was one game, but that was everything that was Everton. It might not be. Might not last, but I'd be happy for Figs and to remain in charge till the end of the season. How do you uh, do you agree with that or just do you, do you, do you uh, differently? I think
0: he'll probably be in charge for Sunday. I imagine you know we're now Wednesday and there's there's no clear sign as to who is going to replace Marco Silver on a permanent basis. So one imagines he will, he will be in charge on Sunday because be, he's already be preparing the team. You know, like Deco's Phil Kirkbride, I think wrote on Wednesday morning. He's preparing the team for Sunday, so he will be in charge. I think Sunday will be a big indication as to whether Ferguson moves move forward because, for as, for as good as Saturday was, and you know, everything kind of come off, football can be a cruel game mm-hmm. at times. And you know, if we were to get beat, you know, 3 0, 2 0, and I know we were the, the kinds of the, the things that, of course, the haunts did over the past couple of years, you know, re, reappear and comes to the again, the questions will be asked to Duncan Ferguson, you know, that he is the yeah. man. So I think Sunday gives a real indication as to whether he will. He has a chance of being in charge at the end of the season. I think it does buy the board more time to find a suitable candidate because of Saturday and the fact that we produced such a you know robust performance that people will think well, you know we can trust. You know this guy can be trusted to take the team. He he's got a reaction. You know everything that we hope for he achieved the weekend. So it does buy the board more time, but I think Sunday will be a big indication as to whether he will has the chance to to take on a. a it's the end of the season. Obviously we still don't really know who they've got in mind in terms of being the next manager. There's a lot of names being branded about so far, so I think it, it's Ferguson's for now, but anything moving forward in the long run remains to be seen.
1: And probably not the ideal time to play
0: United who seem to have found a little bit of form. Yeah, it's just typical Everton isn't it? I think it's <laughs> it's you know I, th- I think when you you look at United so far this season you, you probably would have fancied taking the one. But, yeah, you know, we, we seem to be we're heading to Old Trafford after they beat Tottenham and Man City back-to-back. So, they do play on Thursday night, obviously in the Europa League, but mm. they will have won back-to-back league games against, you know, two of the better teams. So, it's just typical Everton's luck. But, look, you know, Everton need to start picking up points wherever they can because the Premier League's unforgiving. So, regardless of who they're playing, it's, it's just always a tough game. So But, yeah, it's just unfortunate that Everton are going ahead the worst possible time.
1: Okay, I hope that answers your question, Gareth.
0: Bradley Rettler asks, does Sigurdsson fit into our best eleven?
1: Interesting one now, isn't it? Because, you know, new manager, new ideas, new tactics, new formation. Um, I think it's probably gonna be a whole new star for for Guilfi, as it is for the whole whole team. Um, you, you would you would suggest that under Silver, Sigurdsson just didn't fit into that style of play and what Silver wanted to do. Um, but Whoever comes in now is going to have a, you know, a very capable Gilfie Sigurdsson on on the hands. You know, a very good player. So you would have to say, I don't want to sit on the fence with it, but you'd have to say under Silver, no, he didn't fit into our best eleven. Absolutely not. We had better midfielders to that suited Silver's system, but he played very well against Chelsea, didn't he? Um, as did as did all the you know the, the players that were on there and that bit of quality that that he's got whether it's a long- range effort or you know a decisive pass I still think he's got you know a massive part to play this season so in terms of fitting into you know the the 11 going forward i think i don't think we've got much of a choice we haven't got that many midfielders our best 11 at the moment definitely includes guilty Sigerton next question from Callum lapsley interesting on this. Does Silva leaving affect Richarlison's relationship with the club?
0: That is an interesting question because I think the first 60 minutes on Saturday suggested not because, you know, we score's done really well and it looked like the way Ferguson F- F- actually had the scene was shooting him more than ever, be- ever before, if mm-hmm. we're being honest, the 4 4 we with him up top. But then when he gets hooked with 20 minutes to go and, you, you know, you see him kind of, I think, strolling is probably too kind to him, you know, Snails pace walk off the pitch, his head down, you know, shoulders kind of sunk as if, as if you know, almost kind of, why me, me mm. type uh, angle. Some
1: purely tactical over it,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, and, and it way to treat because Tom Davis goes and sets up the the third goal with you know, it runs the box. So Ferguson <laughs> got his tactic spot on. I think that's one of them. else we remain to be seen. I think you don't know who's going to come in. Just signed going, a new deal as well. But what, what they're going to be asking for is it? You know, he signs new deal. He seems committed to the club, so. I think in answer to Carl's question, only time will tell, and a lot of that will depend on who the the new man is at the helm.
1: Okay. Next one from Ashley
0: Stewart. Would you sign Zlatan Ibrahimovic on a free?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That is it. In short, straight answer. Yeah. I think... There's a couple of reports doing around yesterday and today that we are linked with them. Whether there's any foundation to that, I've got absolutely. I mean,
0: I mean, we must stress that we are the only club to be linked with him yeah, in, absolutely. In, in, in the last couple of weeks, it's it's It, easy goes, every to it goes
1: without saying that Ibrahimovic needs a club, Everton needs a striker. You know, it he's seems the in, perfect fit. Yeah, played. He? He's played in the Premier League before. Um, I would definitely sign him, even if it's just till the end of the season. Mm. I don't think, you know, bringing him in will hinder, you know, anything to do with Dominic Carvert Lewin or Moise Keane's um progression and development within the team. If anything, you know, playing with a striker of his quality will only would only help. And you know, despite his age, um he, he he's still, from what I can see, a quality player and will score goals. Absolutely. Okay, thank you for the question, Ashley. Next one is from Keith Sharples. Ferguson showed Machiri the passion that is needed in the team, but the managers being linked Will will the manager being linked be able to do the same?
0: Um, In terms of the pack, I think this is a tough question. This and this is one that I almost feel like you're being unfair on the manager being linked with the club because I think we've got to remember that Duncan Ferguson is a club legend. He's idolised by the fans, he idolises the fans back. It's it's a you know, it's a two way love yeah. relationship. You're never gonna get that and with you're, any you're other manager. You never gonna like like get that with anyone else, you know what I mean. I don't think I don't think there's many players in football who are ever who are recruit over the next 15 years who will have that connection. I you know, mm. I think you know, going back to you know, Dave Prince's his piece on Sunday in the Echo, you know, and his line was, you know, Duncan Ferguson gets goodison and goodson gets good Duncan Ferguson, you know, it's a match made in heaven. So I think you know, was passionate, his fight on the sidelines. It was great to see. You know, we all we were absolutely lapped it up to me on Saturday. It was great, fantastic. Uh, but I think we're being massively, massively unfair on some of the managers who are linked with the role because they probably won't show that same passion. But that doesn't mean they're a bad manager. It doesn't mean they're not they're not a credible candidate. It just means that they've never experienced everything like Duncan Ferguson has experienced. He's, he's been
1: at the club before,
0: hasn't he? He's got a history yeah, with the club. You know, and he's he's been you know he's been player captain. You know, coach man, now he's manager. You know he's he's done every. You know the, he's been there so long. Yeah. You know he's almost he's, he's past the furniture type type thing now. So Moyes think, a close second maybe with his previous <sighs> stint? Possibly yeah, but even now, I don't think Moyes has got the same love and, and certainly they haven't got the same connection between Moyes and a lot of the fan base. Um, I know even, even like some of the, the names you mentioned like Carlo Ancelotti and Rafa Benitez. They probably wouldn't show that type of passion, but that certainly doesn't mean that you wouldn't have Ancelotti or Benitez in charge of Everton Football Club, but Jim, who right now, this minute, none the the two top quality, top-class managers. So I think that's I think that's a bit unfair to suggest that, you know, none of them have got the same love and affection and fight for Everton as Duncan Ferguson, because I think it's a comparison that you just simply can't make. Absolutely. Stan Frank asks, (laughs) "What characteristics do you look for in a manager to give him hints that they will get Everton?"
1: I think, you know, the the past couple of managers, you you look for characteristics, and you know, does it matter whether they get Everton? For me, you could you could argue for both ways. Absolutely, I don't think Ronald Cumin got Everton. I don't think. Sam Allardyce really got Everton. And um, you could even suggest that, despite being a fantastic guy and quite loved around the place, Marco Silva didn't quite get Everton. Um, I don't know what the ideal manager if, is for Everton. The ideal manager is someone who comes in and, and wins trophies. And, you know, that quite clearly hasn't happened for a very, very long time. I think everyone's going to look at Duncan Ferguson the way he was on the touchline on Saturday and say, that's what I want. In my Event manager, but as we've just alluded to there in the previous question, you're probably not gonna get that with you know a new manager coming in. You you'll get celebrations, I'm sure, you'll get you know fantastic comments from whoever comes in, but you're probably not gonna get, you know, say Rafa Benitez running up and down the touchline just for instance, if it's him, grabbing ball boys, Mm. you you, you know, you're just not gonna get that. So I think characteristics, I just I just want someone who, who knows what they're doing, who can adapt to his, you know, players that he's inherited. And then over time you build a squad. You you buy players to, you know, play into your system that you want. I I I just I don't I think it is that simple. That's
0: literally I, all it I, is. I think you know, the the big thing, you know, looking back on characteristics and stuff is I think there's been a lot of issues at Everton Football Club in the in the past couple of seasons where yeah the manager hasn't bought into the club. But I don't think the fans have bought into the manager because you don't know what he wants to do. Hmm. I certainly think we're Ronald Koeman. There was a lot of suggestions from pretty much the, the day one was that he was using the club as a, a stepping stone. You know, he, he had his eyes on bigger, better jobs. I mean, we
1: he, had to offer him about three or four times you know, before he came. You know,
0: we? he had his eye on you know Barcelona. You know, is, is one that still gets mentioned now, and if reports are to be believed, is far off from potentially happening in the summer. So, but then even you know Allardyce, I think everyone knew was just the fans who was a stopgap, were never really bought into it. He wants to. I think the thing with silver was was that no one really knew his ideology in terms of how he wants to set the team up. You know, quite often he talk about four three three, but then we'd never have we very rarely ever see four three three on a Saturday afternoon. You know, I look back at the, the Norwich game and he said that was the you know it was a it was a team that lacked pace and energy. Well, yeah, but you picked that team, Marco. You know, you had three of your two of your fast two of your three fastest players on the bench, mm. so you can't sit there and say. So I think that's where Everton fans have kind of. I think fell out of love with the manager. or have never been able to love the manager mm. because they've never really understood what the aim, what they're, what they're trying to do. Because that's the big thing of football. You've got to, you've got to have a clear sort of a pathway and a, a clear sort of philosophy on you know what you want to do, and what you think is the right way to do it. Um, and we we've seen with the last couple of years that a the philosophies that the club have gone for in terms of the managers is just completely left wing mm. time and time again. Um, and then managers have struggled to implement them. Then got moving forward so. I think, you know, characteristics and stuff, it's great something about philosophies play, but right now we just need someone who can come in, lay solid foundations, get results and get us up the table as fast as we can because even though I alluded to it early myself, yet it's great that we won on Saturday, yet it's great that we're looking at a healthy position. But you lose two games, you're back down in where you was two weeks ago. So it's now all about doing something that we haven't done is continue to put back to back points on the board all season and whoever comes in needs to be able to do that and I think right now you'd take anyone who'd be able to offer you that if we're being honest
1: Absolutely Next question from Dave Robson is a Christmas themed question What's the best Everton themed Christmas present you've ever received?
0: I don't know what would be the best I mean obviously over the years I've probably received most Everton themed Christmas from the mugs, glasses.
1: I Think man's probably well the like the history of Everton. The pyjamas,
0: you know, DVDs, books. Yeah. You know, go back to my younger days, the the calendars and the annuals. Um, I've kind of had them all but I I struggle to say what is the best Everton themed. The best Everton themed present I ever got, not non Christmas but it was a birthday present. It was from my uncle and he got me a signed when Rooney, when me Rooney was in his prime <laughs> of his Everton career and he just started out yeah, he, he got me a signed Wayne Rooney shirt yeah. for, my, for my birthday. Yeah, so oh. non Christmas related, but that is the best Everton themed present I, I've received. What memories? Just, just unfortunately, <laughs> eighteen months later, he was no longer. He'd, he'd been sold off. <laughs> he was <laughs> off. leaving, leaving a, a young, a young whipped snapper, which I was at the time. Did very, you burn
1: that shirt then? No, I, didn't, I kept
0: like... that. I kept kept It's still in the I've Still got it now. That's, that's, that. Don't don't turn on me own, you know, Don't <laughs> take on your own.
1: Well, i I've, um, I've asked my brother for the Howard's Way. All oh, right, not seen it yet, I haven't long. seen it. yet I've been, I've been waiting like a bit of time off over Christmas. Hopefully, so um,
0: waiting for a treat. Let me tell you, yeah, yeah
1: spend an hour or two watching that, and uh, hopefully, you know, relive the glory days and see what yeah. can go on to the into the future. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next question
0: from Michael Sullivan. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast. Are we going to employ more ball boys for home games with Duncan in charge?
1: <laughs> might have to. Might we? Um, scoring scoring goals like that against the you know the, the, the top the top teams. Well, there's it gonna be a queue of Ball Boys wanting to get on I, that. I don't think pitch. there'll be
0: just a queue of Ball boys, think there'll be a queue of grown men who'd be who, yeah, who, yeah. who, who mind the position and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and embrace off Big Duncan when we get a goal. I think uh, <laughs> No, nah, it was great, wasn't it? It was absolutely I think fantastic. Yeah, it was just I mean I, think, I don't know if people have probably seen it, you know, the video of I think in in the family enclosure of him, you know, the raw video of him running down a side, down a touchline and and he, he's fist pumping you, yeah, and you know he grabs the ball and stuff, and gives you the ball boy a high five on his way back, and you know it was just great. And I loved this line as well in this, this press conference where he said, you know, if the linesman was there, I probably would have given him a hug as well because mm. he just it just meant so much to him, didn't it? I think it meant so much to the fans that because so often you, you see these you see these kind type of incidents. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, it could still go wrong on, on Sunday. Man, United, we could we could get beat, but I don't think no one can take Saturday away from Ferguson no. or all, all the fans. It was it was just fantastic, you know when you. you I mean, I must admit, I was a little bit skeptical when he done the kind of introduction before the game, and you know, I felt a little bit cheesy and a silly bit premature because no one really knew what was going to be you know ahead of us. Yeah. Um, but it seems to work a treat, and it got everyone you know up and firing, and then you know just the whole day wasn't you know the early goal from a, a cross. Which you know, Duncan Ferguson esque, Duncan Ferguson esque, and then you know, the number our number nine gets a, a brace at the Glad the Howard Kendall Gladys Street. end, yeah. you know, it's just you know, and obviously Duncan had his watch on and Kendall's watch on and stuff like that. It was just fantastic. But the ball boy image is, is probably the one because you think you know that that young lad is, is probably going to take that home, you know, that memory for the rest of his life, yeah. you know. So, and that's what we haven't had so many moments like that, have we, for being honest. And you know, even, even Marco, you know, I Amaral. Mean, being too highly critical of Marco he never really kind of over celebrated goals he never you know was he like the the arm wave fist pump it, it was the fist pump wasn't it but it was you know it was all kind of very muted and you know very static and I think if it's just to see you know a lunatic you know because you know we, we we do look probably at times to Envy it, Mr. You know, Jürgen Klopp over the over the park and the way he acts and I know Everton fans have been quick to you know to, to mock Klopp but there are probably is times where you think you know sometimes we had someone like that in the dugout and you know, on Saturday, I felt like we had our very own version Absolutely. like that in the dugout. And, you it know, was fantastic. I don't think, forget more, but we think there'll be grown men queuing up together. To well, I've already put my name down, to be fair to
1: be <laughs> Got to wait till next season now, though. Oh have, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> OK, um, thanks for the question, Michael.
0: Barry McCracken asks next, do we think we need to get the manager position filled quickly in order to utilise the January transfer window? Or will that happen with Marcel Brands seeking the lead anyway? <sighs> I
1: think January is... A strange one now. The fact that we've sacked Silver, I'm sure there would have been some sort of plan in place to to bring one or two players in. Whether that was a loan deal or not, who knows? But I just we we believe Ferguson's going to be in charge, don't we? For for Saturday, so, Sunday. Sorry, Sunday. So I, I, you know that the immediacy that that sorted. We've still got so many games to go until until January turns around. So that is the focus. Complete well, one iota well, focus, well,
0: isn't it? Well, you look sorry. To, to, but you look, you know, after Sunday, you know, we got less in the of Cup at home next week, at Goodison, which is a massive game, you know, we, because it, it, it's the cup, you know, it's a chance to get silverware. So you, you do think then, probably now is easy, he's probably going to get that one as well? You, you would imagine because you mm. think about it, they play Sunday with him in charge, unless they appoint a new man pretty much Sunday night, first thing Monday morning. You imagine he's, he's probably going to get that that, that 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 game himself because you bring in a new manager, then all of a sudden, and saying to him, Well, you know, you've got basically maybe one, two training sessions, three training sessions before yeah. a, a huge game of where Whereas, you know, I, I think, regardless of how Sunday goes, if Dunk's still in charge for the Leicester Cup game, you're guaranteed goodness not going to be rocking under the lights. You know? I think the
1: club are happy to, to give him a Sunday as well as Leicester. They're just, they're just bad in the time because they, they know how well we played on um, Saturday against Chelsea. Now I know we weren't like. You know Barcelona style, but we we matched Chelsea and obviously dominated well, well, the, the think, goals.
0: Well, I think as well. You know, we, we showed a style way of creating, You know, us you a know, bit of pride, passion of just Barrett. what's Disney, been missing is what's, what's been missing for so long. So, I think you know, regardless of what happens, Sunday United, Wednesday with him in charge for the cup game, you know, go to rocking and I, I think as well, you know, the, the fans will be right for it. If he's in charge, the fans going to be right so for it. No one, if, you know, if Leicester get on top early doors, no one's going to start groaning or moaning because. Ferguson's in charge and you know he would be on the sideline so uh, realistically now you, you kind of think he, he might get till Christmas realistically because like you say the, the games are coming thick and fast uh, the January transfer window is always a, it's always a bit of a bluffed one I think the January transfer window because you never really see any big moves through you I think I know hmm. a couple of plays have moved in the past but most clubs kind of say well it's too hard because if you want to buy players, you've got to pay over the odds you know it's or a lot of players are settled to clubs, and say, "Well, I'm going to hold fire and maybe look at it in the summer." So, whilst we do need the, the squad, does need strengthening. There's no doubt about that. I wouldn't be surprised to see us maybe not be as active as what people hope.
1: No, I, I don't think we will be either. I think we'll look to bring back players who are injured as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we've got we've got so many players out injured. <laughs> like cliche, isn't it? D- they'll almost be like new
0: signings won't be. Well, you know, we haven't seen, you know.
1: Gabon, yeah. a burger, have we? You know, Delph's I think been. January's probably too early for Gomez, isn't it? But I think you yeah, the yeah. likes of um, K-Bannon, K-Bannon, um Delph, Delph um, one or two others as well. Bernard's not back in yeah, the fold, is yeah, You know, I thought he, I thought he was terrible against Liverpool. To be honest, when he when he got his chance, uh, but we know the qualities that he possesses, and he know we know he's a good player. So he will, if staying fit, will you know, will hopefully play, play a part. I, I completely agree. I think January. I think Everton fans who think we're going to go and be active need to reassess and realise that we probably, probably won't. Unless, you know, everything just goes completely die, unless we lose right. every single game now up until January. Um, I think then we might reassess, but obviously that would then come down to who comes in as manager as well. Next question from Anthony Michael Knowles. Not really a question, just more of a, a statement, but I'll gauge your opinion on this, Connor. Please, please. Do not pick Unite Emery. Are you a
0: he, fan? He probably wouldn't be top of my list if I'm being honest. Think no. he, you look at the you know, a lot of the, the stuff that was wrote about his arsenal tending up the problems he endured there. I don't think he's born he has been linked to the job in the past, hasn't he? You know, before he got to the US job, he was linked with Everton. Mm-hmm. So you can see why they maybe explored it. But I think it's quite telling that and this is just you know, my personal opinion, I think it's quite telling that the club spoke to him or supposedly spoke to him last week and it's been no further down the line, or there's nothing changed since then, I think if, if the club were interested in him, we would have pursued it a lot more now, and I think even him himself, does reports that he's, kind of wants to take a break, and develop his English, and, and kind of take stock of us, of where he is, so, yeah, he wouldn't be my, if he's not my first choice, and I, I don't, I'd be surprised now if, if he do, if he is given given the job anytime soon.
1: He definitely wouldn't be my first choice, but I don't think he's a bad manager. I think obviously his time at Arsenal, he's been tainted. There hasn't been a, you know a success, and he's obviously recently been sacked. But you know he was touted as one of the best managers in the world mm. under um, his time at Seville. You know, won Europa Leagues three back to back, three back to back. You know, you, you, in the Spanish league, unless you are managing. Real Madrid or Barcelona or or of Atlético Madrid, it, it's it's very rare that you go on to win the league. I know what has happened on, mm. like in the past under like Deportivo, um, a long time ago, and, and Valencia and stuff like that. Um, but that's usually when the like of Barcelona and Real Madrid are just not performing well. And even now, Real Madrid aren't performing well, but they're still up there. Barcelona, they've got Lionel Messi. You know, they're always going to be in with the show for the league. So, you know, he, he usually finished third or fourth, didn't he, under yeah. the, in in the Spanish league? And like you said, he's won you know, umpteen um Europa leagues and then went on to manage PSG and won the league there as well, if I can if, if if that's right, I'm sure he did win the league. So he's not he's not a bad manager, he's clearly not a bad manager. Whether he would come in and fix our defence if he was to come in, you know, leaking goals and stuff like that, I, I don't think so. But I don't think he's a bad manager. absolutely not.
0: The next question from Ian Ferguson ties into a comment that made directly after a question was posted online from Carl Bloxman. Ian asks, if Big Dunk is still in charge of Boxing Day, the Boxing Day game against Burnley, <laughs> 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 I think the game will be a ball fest with two teams set on defending, to which Carl instantly replied, Ian Ferguson made never boring, but Chris was up front.
1: Well, we can never go without doing an agenda podcast without mentioning Burnley's striking sensation, Chris Ward, can we? So, Chris Ward has made another appearance we're actually, we're actually going to have to get Chris Wood on this podcast or we're going to have to get <laughs> Carl on this podcast um, because you, you know can't go a podcast, an agenda podcast, without mentioning Chris Wood.
0: I think in terms of the initial question though about the ball fest, we can't answer that because we going to be in charge box. They do. we, yeah. we, we don't know. We can't.
1: I think it's harsh to say Borefest though because I, I don't think the Chelsea game no. was a ball fest whatsoever. Yeah, the counts it's the be... most exciting match I've been to in a, probably since the West Ham game, but even that was just kind of routine, because we, we dominated, we played well, exciting-wise, you know, it was it was nervous, mm. it was it was like, although by 3-1, you thought you knew we were probably going to win the game, you know, you don't want to concede goals, don't get me wrong, but it, it was exciting, it, we, we haven't felt that in a long time, and it wasn't, we didn't just concede and then just think, I'll let our heads drop, we we bounced back straight away yeah. and, and scored a goal, that, that's what it's meant to be, that's what Everton's meant to be about, so, I mean, if Ian's saying that, you know, indicating that he thought it was a ball fest. I, I don't agree with that whatsoever. It was the most entertaining match I've been to in a long time at Goodison. Um, but who knows what it's going to be like against Burnley, especially with Chris Wood up front. And Carl has actually got a question for us, so I will read it out for you. We looked great last season, beating the top six teams under Silver. Then we lost three key people. Who was the biggest loss? João Pedro Sosa, Silver's assistant manager. Adrissa Garner Gay. And K Zuma, they're the three that he believes. Well, I
0: don't think we can really. I'm saying I'm in no position to, to talk about Sosa and his role at the club and his because I don't know enough. If if I'm being honest, about what he's done mm. at the club, I don't think any of us really do. Do we? You know, it was. No, no. I don't think any of us know how involved he was. All you can say is he's obviously had much success by himself. So one imagines he is does know his stuff and he is intelligent. He's obviously gone to Portugal. You, you know, and he's doing really, really well. Kate Sumer, I think, yeah, I understand why he's on that list. And, he, you know, he was fantastic and we probably have at times missed him. But for me, the, the one who we do miss is just a guy. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you look at times against Leicester, Liverpool, where there's just that big hole in between the back four and the midfield. And teams have just have been profiting from it all season. And, you know, that's where he was so often. You know, that was where he was. That was his position. Mm. He was there cutting. You know, you think of... You know, one of the derby goals. I think was it was it the fourth where they break from the corner and you know you're crying out for someone to take the uh, line. I think it was out on the halfway line, just just to stop him dead. And mm. uh, we try and stand them and before you know the ball's in the back of the net. A Glan line again, in that circumstance just takes him out, <laughs> and takes the, and takes a ball. And, you know, and I think we we missed that kind of that approach play and that almost tactical foul knowledge, you know not knowledge, but got card kind of cleverness, you know, you look at Fabinho at Liverpool, Fernandinho at Manchester City, all the best teams in world football have someone who, who plays that role in the middle of the pitch, who sits front of the back four, if they're in trouble, do think, I'll just take one for the team here, and yeah. we haven't had that this year without Adrissa guy. so for me, I think the big one who we miss most is Adrissa Garnagay, because I actually think on, on the whole, Mason Holgate and, and Zoom, it's, okay, Mason Holgate, you know what I mean, have done well as a pair, and all Michael Keane's as St. Add's problems again this season, but I think the games they played they they've done well. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the Zabia on Wednesday night, we were just ski with because we played five at the back and people, you know, the back it was just all over the place, wasn't it? And people went tracking runners from midfield and the back three were getting overloaded and so I, I don't I think Zuma has been a miss but nowhere near the miss address of Garner has been being I think the midfield's just a gaping hole the holy field is is now gaping.
1: It has been a massive hole. I mean,
0: we have they
1: tried to fill it, I suppose, with the signing. Yeah, you, can, you
0: can't knock the club because they did, you know, even, even if you if don't think... Elf, you know, was yeah. another one who, who can yeah. play that role. It is just unfortunate we've been injured, but
1: three really played like Gomez included. In I, as I think, well.
0: I think the impact he has over his, his time with the club is, is one that you can't certainly underestimate. And he's been a massive miss, absolutely. So, a final question from. Martin Jameson, who asks, Should the EFC boards have unleashed Ferguson onto the touchline at Anfield rather than with the Chelsea game? His tactics was a the derby, in my opinion. It's a really good question, this and it's a bold claim as well. No, no, it, it is.
1: And a lot of people have, you know, said we basically threw the derby, so mm. why wasn't Ferguson in charge?
0: I disagree about you in a minute. Why I disagree, that,
1: yeah. I mean, I think it just comes down to timing and circumstance. Sometimes in football, we were basically playing. The top two teams in the Premier League in Leicester and Liverpool back to back. We played decent against Leicester. You know, Silver tried to get the most out of the place, didn't work out. And the Wednesday, Merseyside Derby was just an embarrassment. You know, Silva got his tactics completely wrong. But would we have won that game if Ferguson was in charge? I'm gonna say I don't I don't think so. Yeah, just even, even despite Employing different different tactics, even if we didn't have the the high line, the you know the stupidity of the high line that we played, conceding three goals, um, I still don't think we would won that game. Liverpool probably still would would have found a way, uh, but that's just my opinion. It's impossible to say, isn't it? Because yeah. you, you don't know. But, no, I, I agree. But I, just all I'll know, all I know is that you know, looking back in hindsight, you know Ferguson being in charge against Chelsea at home. Was probably the the, the perfect yeah. decision,
0: and I think as well. You know, if, you know, you look at the Leicester game. It probably would have been harsh to sack Marco Silva after that, because yeah. you know, for a large periods, they've been we've been fantastic. We had a game plan. It was working. to we'd say we had one lapse in concentration, and Leicester punched us with Fardy, and then okay, we we you know we give the ball away stupidly, but then we're undone by Barr, You know, and I know it, The correct call was made, and that's what Fardy's doing. That's fantastic. But if that game's last season, we, we draw 1-1 one, one because the linesman's flag goes up, the referee probably gives offside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we go away with a point that no-one thought we were going to get. So, I, I think even at Derby, you know, there's no... we got to start wrong stuff, but you think this is, you know, Moise Keane goes clean through, four minutes to go, should score. If he scores that, with four minutes to go, four three, it's game on. You know, it's... Do they, they start panicking? Do they start, you know... Do we just got to throw to the wings and, and go for it? You know, and, mm. and all of a sudden, you know, you get b four three. It looks a lot, very, you know, it looks credible. As it turned out, you know, most his shot wide, and they go right up to the end and make a five two. It, it looked a total hammering. So, I think the fine margins cost Silver in that game because he went with the the derby because he went with the same team that had done so well at Leicester. Mm. It backfired, uh, and again, you know, the, the big chances. It was fine margins in the end not cost them cost him his job effectively. You know what I mean? So, I think it's a little bit too strong to say we would have won the derby with Ferguson's 4-4-2 because you could say well they would have overrun us in midfield because we've only got two against their mm. three um, so we won't, We don't know but I agree with you I think the perfect time was Chelsea put them up get the crowd back back on side and, mm. and, and home
1: I mean Machiri wanted to give Silva as much time as, time as possible you know every well, chance to, to, to succeed so you know 5-2 defeat in the Merseyside derby away to Liverpool you know You've lost against Leicester previously as well. You're in the relegation. It was zone.
0: eight it defeats and eleven league games. Yeah. Wasn't it? Tom? So
1: I don't think you could have any complaints that no. Silva got tagged. Like you, I agree with you. What you said, it may have been a little bit harsh to sack him after the Leicester game because we did play well, despite the VAR decisions being the correct ones. You could you could suggest that it was slightly unlucky. Um But five two against Liverpool, you know, like you just said there, within the game, Keane could have scored, but you know, We've still beaten we were still beating five two. We were still beating five two. That at the end of yeah. the day, and we ended up. In the relegation zone, it just, it didn't at the time, it, it didn't look great. So, he was sacked rightly, and you know Ferguson, it's 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 history isn't it? Ferguson took charge, and you know hopefully it won't be, you know the only memory you have of a Ferguson running along the touchline. But if it is, then it it'll stay in the memory for a long, long time. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it now. But honestly, it w- it was fantastic, and who knows what's going to happen in the future, whether it's Ferguson's time now or Ferguson's time in a couple of years. I think at some stage you will be the permanent event manager. And we'll just... End the day? Yeah, we'll end it day and we'll see what happens. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the Agenda podcast. Um, all your questions hopefully have been answered. And uh, we will be back with plenty more podcasts on the Royal Blue, Acast and iTunes channel.
0: You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo.